Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. This is the place where you'll find real conversations with real sales leaders about how you can leverage sales technology to get ahead of the pack. Improve your sales numbers by taking advantage of emerging technology before your competitors get there first. They'll share everything from the trends they're seeing in the marketplace to actionable strategies that you can use to make more sales today. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen. On. Here's your host, Morgan Williams. Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. I am your host, Morgan Williams, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing Jacob Zaichek, CMO of Pitchground and host of the podcast Real Talks with Jacob. In the last two years, Jacob has done around 300 interviews with entrepreneurs, keynote speakers, consultants, millionaires, basically anyone who has an interesting story to share. He also runs webinars as the CMO of Pitchground, which usually lead to five to six figures within 90 days of revenue. Pitchground is a community-first platform for launching and growing SaaS companies without any upfront costs that help SaaS founders generate five to six figures within 90 days. Jacob, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing amazing. Thanks a lot, Morgan. It's a, it's a pleasure to being here and it's quite different to be on the other side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. For sure. Can you walk us through your background and, and what has led to what you're doing now with your podcast? Yeah, absolutely. And- First of all, thank, sure. thanks a lot for that amazing introduction. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, so about me, like my first real business experience was when I was 19 years old and I started a project with my friend and it was basically about that we were helping other people sell their stuff they no longer needed. So for example, you have a phone in your home uh, you don't no longer use and we would come uh, to you and say, hey, we can help you to sell it. And within first couple of months, uh, we, st- we had a lot of customers and we started selling houses, cars, we started renting wow. apartments. So, so yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. We basically did what Gary V says right now, like flipping stuff, but mm-hmm. without actually buying anything. So we were just helping people to sell their stuff, but we took a commission from it. Then I basically learned how to do an online marketing because we needed to promote everything online to find mm-hmm. customers and find buyers for these products. So I got into social media and so on. Then I parted ways in a good way. In a, good manner with my last with the co-founder of the company and I started with affiliate marketing that's where I met made some first serious money and it was like a lot of fun we used this money to fund our project we had with my friend back then community on Facebook for people who wanted to uh, learn from each other a couple thousand people and fast forward to today right now I'm a CMO of Pitchground uh, I wanted to try uh, for the first time in my life, what it's like to work for somebody else. And uh, I'm learning a lot. It's an amazing experience so far. And I think I will tell you a little bit more about Pitchground later in this interview. 
And yeah, Morgan, as you said on the side, I have a podcast where I interview uh, pretty much amazing people from all around the world, including you. It was a great interview. <laughs> and yeah, I teach other, others how to do the same, how they can start a podcast. And that's what I enjoy. <laughs> awesome. I love the natural progression with how you did affiliate marketing, right? You're essentially going from offline, right? Helping people to sell stuff or you know, helping people to sell physical items in the real yeah. world offline. And then just kind of took those skills and moved it online. I really like that. I want to ask when it came to affiliate marketing, can you give us some info on kind of what you were selling or what things you were selling and, and how you were doing it? Um, interesting right. to hear a little bit on that. Yeah, so I had the biggest success with the company's call, called Skillshare. Maybe you know okay. the online courses. Yep. Um, and we promoted that because it's so in the similar industry as our community we were building back then uh, for people who wanted to learn from each other. It was called Skillsharing Czech Republic. And we found like interesting, interesting service that we could promote and we found Skillshare. And the way we promoted it, you got like $10 for every person who signed up for a free trial. So our goal was just to get as many of these free trials as possible. So we did some PPC campaigns on Google. Uh, then we learned a lot about SEO. So we were ranking on some first, uh, first ranks for really cool keywords. And of course, we are selling something through our community as well. And yeah, it pretty much uh, funded my life for, I don't know, a year or a year and a half. Only this one program. Awesome. So you're kind of innovating off of one offer using several different traffic sources, yes. SEO, PPC, community building. Um, yeah, the thing is that it was quite interesting because they had uh, for affiliates, they had special offer that you could get like two months free trial instead of one. Mm -hmm. But they were communicating one trial, a one month trial everywhere, right? Uh, so mm -hmm. it was sort of like our USP as an affiliate. We could promote two, two free months. And we figured out that people are searching for this term on Google and nobody was actually optimizing the website for it. So oh, okay. we, we optimized the website and we are getting like, I don't know, 10 to 15, sometimes even 20 signups per day. Wow. So you, th you saw a, an opportunity and a trend that Skillshare was growing, an opportunity where they're giving affiliates a kind yeah. of extra push by allowing them to have a, you know, offer two month trials to people. Okay. Yeah. I love that. Um, and kind of took advantage of it, obviously. You've had a lot of experience with different online marketing, traffic sources, different channels. I'm interested to hear, you know, what you're seeing now in terms of trends of marketing and sales technology that you're really interested in. Right. So I'm really interested in use of video and voice. I will start with the use of video. So I think that maybe it's a little broad statement, but I think everybody should be able to talk on camera and produce their message message in a video form and uh, on the channels which are relevant for their audience. So what I start doing is um, I start recording a lot of videos on my Instagram because I figured out that, well, I didn't know how to talk on camera. So I started my channel uh, on Instagram when I, what I named Jacob on camera and I learned how to talk on camera. <laughs> there I was mm -hmm. recording one video each day. To circle back to your question, only building community and ability to talk on camera created so many opportunities for me that it helped me like to uh, start working with PageGround because I had the social presence. Um, it helped me to get meetings with, with people who are normally very difficult to reach uh, just because I created this, uh, this community using only video. And right now I'm just focusing a lot on LinkedIn 
with video content where I pretty much reproduce uh, the content I create uh, on my podcast. I just create the chunks of it and I'll produce it on LinkedIn and like give a spotlight to my guests this way. So again, it creates a lot of opportunities, not only for me, but also for my guests. It's just uh, creating network, right? Network is your net worth. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so yeah, use of video is the first one. Then voice. There are multiple like, categories from the voice industry. It can be, for example, again, podcasting. It can mm -hmm. be utilizing your services or to be, for example, easily searchable using only voice or developing apps for, uh, for smart speaker, speakers such as Alexa, uh, Cortana by Microsoft or Google Home. Awesome. What are some things that you notice when using video or you realize after getting more comfortable on camera and doing video that you wouldn't have noticed before? What are some things that stuck out to you? For someone who, let's say for someone who's getting started with video, who understands the importance of it, but is not sure where to start, what are some things that you learn early on that kind of help propel you with getting better at video? Right. Yeah. So as I started, more people start reaching out to me, uh, how they can start recording videos for their brand, right? And usually when the problem I noticed most of the time is that they're scared to put themselves out there. Uh, they're afraid like what other people will think about them, yep. that they're on the camera, because usually these people don't have an audience yet and their only audience are maybe friends and family right. and they don't want to be different. When you have only friends and family on your Facebook and you start producing videos, it takes balls, you know, to do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but what I found out that in my first video, I basically said, guys, I'm doing this because I want to know, uh, I want to learn how to talk on camera. Mm -hmm. I, want to, I want to learn how to talk a little bit of English uh, because I didn't know much English before it. And only accepting that and saying that out loud, uh, sort of quote unquote gave me the permission to make mistakes and to shut up these haters who would normally come up, right? Mm -hmm. So when I gave this advice to people who want to start to talk on camera, uh, it helped them a lot because they are straightforward. Hey, I suck on camera. Uh, I know. So yeah, you can say it to me, but I already know it. That's why I'm doing it. Yeah. Right? And, <laughs> right. and honestly, I didn't get any negative feedback. And as far as I know, people who did it didn't get any negative feedback either. Awesome. So when you were making these videos, what were you talking about? What were you discussing? Was there anything specific you were we were kind of right. sharing. Yeah, so sometimes uh, since I decided that I will be doing it every day, it got a little difficult. But usually I just talk about stuff either like I did during the day. That's like the easiest one, like what mm -hmm. happened during the day uh, to just keep the momentum going. But sometimes when you just brainstorm a little, you can come up with some interesting ideas for either from the business or personal development or maybe the stories from the past, how you overcame them and so on. So if you need to brainstorm topics, at, I would really just start with creating some easy mind map or something and then just start talking on these different topics you will come up with. Okay, gotcha. So just get comfortable on camera, telling stories, you know, mapping out topics, just things you know. Mm -hmm. Right. Things yeah. that things that you're knowledgeable about are things that come come easier to you to just kind of communicate that on camera. Yeah. And I mean, like knowing what exactly is the goal of creating these videos. Right. If, mm -hmm. if it's only about you uh, learning how to talk on camera, you don't even have to publish it. If you just want to get better on camera, you don't even have yeah. to publish it. But I wanted the real feedback from real people and mm -hmm. I wanted to build a community because I always like put a little community aspect into pretty much whatever anything I'm doing. So that's why I decided to use Instagram 
and to start like building a community around that, which I later leveraged to like to getting the best meeting of my life. I really didn't didn't think that I would get normally. <laughs> yeah. What was that? What was that meeting? Yeah. So there was a there was a competition called Dragons DM mm-hmm. and it was organized by a guy from Manchester. His name is Stephen Bartlett. And he runs a huge company, a social media company in US, in UK, in Germany, a couple hundred employees, around 700 or 800, so like pretty much the same industry as VaynerMedia is, right? And he said that you will just record 15 seconds of yourself talking, uh, pitching your idea. Then I will post it to my stories. And if you get a 70% upvote, like there was just yes and no in the poll, mm-hmm. uh, I will meet you and we'll talk about your idea and I'll give you some insights. Okay. So I did that. I got these 70% upvotes because I leveraged that community I built. Okay. They were seeing me every day. And this was like the first right hook I asked for uh, them to do. I asked them for the first time to do something for me because till now I was just providing value. I was just sharing value. I was sharing their stories on my stories, responding to everybody. This was for the first time when I asked something in return and pretty much everybody I asked helped me to get the 7%. And then I just traveled to Manchester with my friend and we met Steven and it was amazing. <laughs> that is a great, that is a great story. And you were doing videos daily where you just focused on Instagram or you were building this community on Facebook as well. So you were kind of doing both. Is that right? No, I was focusing only on Instagram. I was doing it for 60 or 62 days in a row. And yeah, I think that consistency helped me to create the confidence in other aspects of my life. I mean, yeah, just doing it for that long will just, you will learn a lot just by doing it daily. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine doing anything every day and especially something like where you have so much leverage, like publishing a video online on Instagram. Uh, I mean, you can do any skill every day, any day and get better at it. But by publishing yourself video on Instagram every day, you're able to get that feedback loop like you were talking about, right? You want to do it because you want people to respond and tell you how to get better or Mm -hmm. react and kind of use that to get better for sure. I want to talk about, you know, how you use that skill and kind of transfer those skills to pitch ground and running webinars, how are you able to use that skill in a B2B context to, and I guess, you know, a little bit more background on PitchGround too, but how are you able to use that in the B2B context to drive customers for your, the companies you partner with? Right. So the most noticeable thing after doing the 60 days of videos was I got more comfortable in English because mm-hmm. of course it's not my first language and I got more confident on camera in general. And then I use these skills to in PitchGround, I'm using it pretty much every week by running webinars with our clients. So I can tell you about it a little later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, yeah, just being confident on camera, uh, having the ability to to hold the conversation and ability to listen to my guests on the webinars. So there's like no awkward silence or something. Yeah, then this will eventually with a thorough preparation up front will lead to some results either in terms of brand awareness or we're doing like uh, webinars where we are promoting the products of our clients, it can lead to sales as well. Gotcha. And during these webinars, is you more interviewing the founders or founding team? Are you going through kind of demos of the products? What does that look like? Yeah, that's a great question. So basically what we started doing this by doing like five to seven part webinar series for each of the product. And 
In the first couple of months when I was doing these webinars, we we're doing only like product oriented webinars, meaning that we were just describing what this product does, right? Um, this is the use case, use case for bloggers. This is the use case for, use case for affiliate marketers and so on. But it wasn't that like value driven because it was still about the product and there was still like the bitter, uh, bitter taste of that we are going to sell you something in the right. end, right? So we changed the approach and we started doing more value-driven webinars that let's say 70% of the webinars of the webinar is value and education. So for example, if you are selling a product for affiliate marketers, we will be talking about seven interesting affiliate marketing trends for 2020. And then we will always find a way how to implement just a little bit the product. So people are com coming on the webinars to learn more about the industry, about the topic they are interested in, and not to learn more about the product. Gotcha. And so then the product is just a vehicle of pretty much like getting the, leveraging the information we gave them during the webinar. Gotcha. So you, you flipped it and started to just focus more on delivering value more on education kind of yes. made the highlight of the webinar on, you know, helping solve problems for people. Exactly. And I, I know you mentioned that voice. I want to take a step back to you and ask, I know you mentioned that voice was also a big trend, whether it be podcasts or creating apps for Alexa. How have you leveraged voice in order to you know build a brand and kind of create community how have mm -hmm. you leveraged voice recently i think this is the prime example right i think people are listening to this on maybe itunes or spotify mm -hmm. so we are leveraging voice to share our knowledge and for you like finally to i don't know build your brand and spread your message you want to share right mm -hmm. so and this can be done either on the personal brand level and can be done on a company level as well, right? So what I would do as a company, because starting the podcast isn't that super difficult as many people think, the barrier of entry is not that high. You don't need the fancy studios and everything. Right. You just need a microphone. You just need a laptop and you need the guest and structure of the interview. And that's what you can do. And you can literally start podcast within a week or two weeks of time, uh, including publishing it. In the long run, it will all add up to your uh, content marketing game and into brand awareness of either you as a person or your company. The beauty of voice and podcasting is that people spend time to actually listening to the content. Right. I cannot imagine that I would right now just start watching a YouTube video along I don't know, which is long, three hours, mm -hmm. but people listen to Joe Rogan, uh, yeah. right? And his podcasts are super long. Mm -hmm. and yeah, the, the level of focus people give when they listen to the podcast is amazing. And I think the structure, uh, I, the barrier for entry for anybody in the podcasting game is, uh, is really, really low. And the best time to start a podcast was yesterday. And mm -hmm. the second best time is today. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, it's really cool to see what's happening with podcasts. Obviously, you have one, I have one, and I know we're both pretty. We like to stay up with like kind of what's going on in the in the world of podcasting and just online content, and just the amount of blue ocean and the amount of space that is available in podcasts right now is mm -hmm. remarkable. Like for anyone to get started, I mean, if you're starting a blog in 2020, there's 
and in, insane amounts of competition, right? It can be done. It's done every day. Successful blogs are built every day. There's, there's still room, but the difference in the contrast when you look at how many podcasts there are on a certain topic is crazy. Like if I type in B2B sales in iTunes or Apple Podcasts, which is called now, I'm like 12 or 13, right? And if I type that in on Google, I'm nowhere to be found, right? It's just, it's crazy how much opportunity there is available right now, even for people who don't have a big brand or just starting or, you know, it's it's definitely a ton of opportunity out there. So it's absolutely see that. Yeah. And I think, uh, it'll like one of the upsides is the blue ocean that there are already a lot of podcasts, but you can always start a little more niche mm-hmm. podcasts, but that's just one aspect of podcasting. And I think so many people don't start a podcast because their objection is that they don't have, have the audience mm-hmm. and nobody will listen to it, but your audience, especially in B2B is just one part of the equation and one of the most overlooked parts of podcasting interview-based podcasting is the relationship you build with your guest i was recently listening to a book by james carberry uh content-based networking i highly recommend it and he's talking about that that you can connect with your ideal prospects using content collaboration and i mean morgan you did that when you were selling these security systems right Mm -hmm. Uh, you were writing an article and you reached out to security experts to give uh, to ask them a couple right. of questions. Normally, prospects are very hard to reach, right. and you use that, but not in a podcast, but in a written form. But you can do it in a podcast form as well, and you would be surprised. But people are so excited to share their knowledge; they are so excited to be in a spotlight and yeah, to just reply to your request if you, of course, make it at least a little personalized. Absolutely, it's like people have a natural aversion or kind of shield up to a sales call and they yes. kind of know what's coming and da, 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 da. When you're asking someone on the podcast, not necessarily trying to sell them anything, but even on a sales call, you're looking to build some sort of rapport and connection and get them to know, like, and trust you. Well, inviting someone on a podcast, right? You're able to do that without the, without the kind of sales aspect of it. So mm-hmm. people are just free to just, open up, express themselves. It's all about content or education and building a relationship. You don't have to build it with like kind of that underlying sales, that undercurrent of like sales that's there. So it's a phenomenal tool for meeting people and and having context to to have conversations. uh, Yeah. And Morgan, for me, like when I interview people, let's say that my interview lasts 40 minutes or as long, like 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. The length of the call is usually around like, I don't know, half an hour longer because we chat before we start recording, we chat after we start recording. And these guests are just naturally curious. They're all hyped up after the interview and they start asking you, hey, Jakub, what are you doing? How can I help you with, uh, with something, right? The best part is that it's all genuine. You just built a great relationship with this person. And if he or she doesn't become a client right away, who cares? But you already know this person, you're in touch with them. And that's what it's all about, especially in B2B mm. sales, when it all boils down to having great relationships with people. Yeah, absolutely. That's where I feel like it's just the internet and B2B sales is going. It's going, I feel like it's going more from mass reach and how can I get in front of just so many different people to like to building these smaller, tighter knit communities of people that you know better. We see Facebook doing this now where 
they're promoting their groups a lot, you know, and they're yes. advertising on television, on outdoor and, and everything. It's, you know, more about groups and tight knit groups. And um, look at you guys at Pitchground. You have a community and you are connecting with other founders who have something valuable to share. And you're sharing that with your community that you've built, right? Yes. So it's a form of community-based sales and marketing. That's an example too. I, I mean, in the end, the community or the podcast is just one of the touch points, right? One of right. the many touch points you need to uh, you need to create in order to build a trust and relationship with the prospect to um, to sell. In the end, if the if your product or service is beneficial for them, but the value and the level of these touch points is different, right? Email is different than spending 60 minutes with someone on the podcast or writing an article sure. together then providing all the links and all the fun stuff they can use to build their personal brand. That's an amazing touch point, right? mm -hmm. but it's still just one of, uh, one of many touch points. Yeah. And what I really like about what you are doing is that you are building your brand and you're able to point that in different directions as you continue on and continue building it. You can leverage your brand however you want with whatever project you're working on, whoever you're partnering with, you can kind of use yes. that to your advantage. So it's, um, I feel like one thing I've heard in the past is people that in aversion to trying to build a brand besides the fact of, like you mentioned earlier with video, you know, what will people think of me or, you know, mm -hmm. kind of self-conscious about kind of promoting myself is the fact that, you know, if you have someone who's working at a company They may think, well, I don't know if I want to be in this industry forever. Or, you know, I don't want to build a brand in a specific industry if I think that I'm not going to, if I'm not going to, I may not be in that sales job or that marketing role in this industry mm -hmm. forever. And, you know, I think a great thing to do would be do what you have done. Just build it around things that you like. Build it around your passion. Um, build it around things you get excited about. Right. Yes. You're in, in what you're doing with your podcast is you're just having real talks with people who are in the business and marketing and sales world. You're just asking real questions. That's the hook. That's the angle of it. And building is real connection and being in on that conversation. So you can kind of point that out how, however you want. Yeah, I really like the part about what you said, um, that you maybe don't want to be in the industry forever. Mm -hmm. And I'm not like... A huge fan of Gary Vaynerchuk, but he says that your personal brand and the audience you're building around your personal brand is almost like having life insurance, right? So if everything yeah. gets messed up in your life, you will get fired, uh, you, you won't have any money, you still have your personal brand, you still have your audience. And if you build this audience in a good way, you can always go, go back there and ask them, like for, for a favor or something, right? Hey, I'm looking for a new gig. Don't you know about something? And if you have mm -hmm. 10,000 people there uh, who got amazing value throughout the years for you, you will get so many messages of people wanting to work with you. So yeah, I think it all comes down to having a personal brand, at least some level of personal brand, right. because it will help you in pretty much anything you do. I completely agree. I feel like as time goes on and more millennials and generation Z people kind of make their way through the workforce. We're going to be more open to kind of these personal brands and it'll be more of something that's taken into consideration when people are looking for jobs, right? When yes. you're looking for partnerships, you're going to have this sort of brand equity that you built that, like you said, can follow you around 
wherever you go. So I feel like mm-hmm. it's going to be increasingly important. I know another thing I'll, I'll match your Gary Vaynerchuk quote with another one. Another thing he said, I, I really liked was the fact that he mentioned that he hears a lot of people saying it's, it's too late to start 2020. The audience is already built for everybody. There's no more room. Um, you know, all of this. And he's just saying that if the internet and entrepreneurship, if, if this is beachfront property, the first row of houses has already been built, but the second row is just being built right now. Right? Yeah, so there's still yeah. there's still tons of opportunity that exists out there, especially when you look at uh, with podcasts that with podcasting specifically, I feel like that first row hasn't done being built yet. No, not at all. It's not at all. So you even got that too. So I'm from Czech Republic. And if you go out there and you will ask 10 people if they know what podcast is, maybe three of them will tell you they know it. I know that it might be hard to imagine for people from the US because I know that the podcast penetration there is way higher. But mm. in, in Czech Republic, it's still just the beginning. Like It's crazy how it's still very, very new compared to social media. Absolutely. Of course, that's another great point internationally, right? Um, there's still tons of opportunity. Yeah. So, yeah, this was great, man. I, I loved having you on, getting to hear your perspective. You're doing some really interesting things. You're a very young guy and you're already doing so many cool things. So I, I love having you on and chatting. Thank with you very much. Man. It was amazing. <laughs> For sure. What's the best way people to get in touch with you and learn more about you, ask you questions? Right. So I'm very active on LinkedIn. So if you will just search my name, Jakub Zajicek, uh, I think it'll be in the description or in the, yeah. in the title of this podcast. So just search for same name on LinkedIn or you can do it on Facebook. I use uh, same profile picture everywhere. So it should be easy, easy to, for you to find me. Or if you want more random and behind the scenes content, I'm sometimes active on Instagram and you can find me there by writing my username, which is Jacob. J-A-C-O-B on camera, Jacob on camera, and you will find me there. I have, I don't know, a couple, I think 1,100 followers. It's nothing, but yeah, it's fine. <laughs> well, that's great, man. I, I love it. Again, love having you on. Can't wait till we chat again next and looking forward to hearing more about what you're doing in the future. Thank you very much. It was amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for listening to this episode of the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. If you love what you heard, be sure to head back to morgandwilliams.com and go over to the podcast page for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on the next value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and make sure to take action.